It's time for the greatest top five list in the world. It's Maddie's top five games of 2020. Locked into number five this year, The Last of Us, part two. Not a ton to say about it. It is a incredible refinement of The Last of Us 1. Uh, the, and, and most of these games on this top five list will have sort of a caveat. The, the human suffering involved, the sexual abuse allegations that Naughty Dog basically very publicly refused to investigate or or claimed they investigated over the space of a weekend and said, nope, we're good. Uh, that that hangs over this in a way that um, really sucks, as well as, you know, the, the incredible crunch hours these folks put in to make this this game uh, even happen. But the attention to detail, all, all that aside, no ethical consumption under capitalism, the attention to detail is is second to none. This is this year's best glass-breaking simulator. This is this year's best guitar playing simulator, weirdly enough, where some incredible, incredible like guitar songs have come out of that that guitar playing mini game. And uh, just as a as a conclusion to the Last of Us story, I know it didn't resonate maybe with everybody, but it really it really brought that story home for me in a way. The gameplay itself as well, absolutely incredible. It is it is a very fun game to play. It feels like a a very natural evolution of the kind of stealth action genre, almost in the way that Metal Gear 5 did back in the day. The Last of Us uh, franchise, the, the Last of Us type of game, has uh, has never been so good to play. Uh, it's not without issues. Like a lot of people, I think it maybe goes on a little bit more, a little longer than it should. And uh, I I think maybe some of the... I don't, I don't agree with every decision maybe the writers made, but uh, all in all, it is an excellent product. The sheer amount of hours into that thing shows, and uh, it is, uh, from start to finish, a uh, incredible ride. Which locks it in at number five for 2020. Four. Number four this year is occupied by Half-Life Alex, the VR game. A game whose impact on the Half-Life storyline, something that has become kind of a, a meme unto itself, uh, it, its impact on the story is so profound, I'm not even going to include any clips or any... I was thinking about... There's a lot of different things you could do in this format of Top 5, uh, but you should just go play Half-Life Alex. and if you don't have access to a VR thing, uh, I honestly think if you care about the Half-Life story, you should maybe watch that ending there is a uh, oh it, it it is it is tied into the half-life story directly in a way that i cannot even say uh, but it, it continues that story where if you told me in 2020 we would get the the half-life 3 that we've sort of been waiting for wouldn't have believed it as a vr game it's fine it doesn't do anything new or revolutionary but it is incredibly polished there's a lot of haunted houses, there's a lot of head crabs flying at your, at your face, flying at your head. And it does that stuff, I think, very, very well. And then the Half-Life story is, oh, incredible. Go watch that ending if you haven't seen it already. 
I didn't feel super, super strongly about my number three game on the list until pretty late into it, actually. And it really wasn't until the appearance of that I uh, sort of fell in love with it and realized it's going to be a big part of this game. It worried me a little bit, having no nostalgia for the original Final Fantasy VII, having not played it. I didn't know if I would know who really was or what motivations were. I don't know if we got those answers by the end of it, but uh, in all seriousness, Final Fantasy VII Remake, a tremendous video game. Top to bottom, looks incredible, the production value is insane, and they do a really good job of recontextualizing some of that original stuff, as well as totally telling their own story. It's less Final Fantasy VII Remake than it is Final Fantasy VII Part Two. I hope we see more of before too long. Number two this year goes to the early access game Phasmophobia. We don't usually, in our official game of the year, we don't allow early access games as our, our podcast agreed upon one. Uh, but personalists, frigate, we do whatever we want over here. And I want to put Phasmophobia at number two. Were it not an early access, were it, were it complete, uh, maybe, maybe this could have been my favorite game this year. This might be my favorite game next year when it's all finished. You and up to three of your friends go in ghost hunting, trying to identify and find different types of spirits that respond to different types of stimuli. It is very much built like one of the old ghost hunter shows. You've got EMF readers and thermometers and uh, you know looking for ghost orbs on the cameras. And it is this team dynamic where some of the bigger spaces you have to kind of split up, but at the same time, you have to try to remain in contact with your, your friends, and when the haunt is on, then things really get hairy. It is an incredible framework. This game, it's a little rough around the edges. Some of the controls are a little bit, a little loosey-goosey, a little hard to, to wrap your head around. But it's made by a single person? And it's $10 on Steam? And I can't say enough good stuff about it. Getting scared with your friends is very, very, very fun. Uh, I don't know if this holds up maybe single player. I kind of don't find it that scary. Like a lot of horror games, once you once you see the big bad a few times, it's not as scary. Um, but getting in there and getting trapped with your friends in a house while a ghost is slamming doors and locking you in rooms is incredibly intense and super unique, it feels, video game-wise, and absolutely incredible. Phasmophobia makes a incredible first impression. It would be very cool if it came to consoles. One... At last, we come to what some call the most prestigious video game award in the entire industry. Matt Eads' 2020 Game of the Year. An honor to be nominated. I want to thank all the video games this year. Even though you weren't chosen, we still played and enjoyed all of you. Without any further ado, please put your hands together. For the best video game of 2020! If you told me at the beginning of the year that Supergiant's early access game, which is out now uh, 1.0, Hades would be one of my favorite games this year, uh, a, a follow-up to a number of games that I, I really have not fallen in love with, not since Bastion has Supergiant made something that's really grabbed me. Also, it's a roguelike. Also, it's like a top-down action game. 
It's one of those games where you just get a bunch of random items and things and build a, a build as you go and then kind of reset the run. We played this. We played so many different versions of this that at the beginning of the year, I could not have been less interested in Hades. It wasn't until somebody finally just gave me a copy and was like, here, play this. No, no, play this. That I sort of started to get it. Hades is, it feels like the culmination of the roguelite, roguelike series. It is so incredibly well written. The voice acting is just impeccable. The music, even even the storytelling that they do, some of the best moments that we will argue in our the podcast game of the, the year. The aesthetic and the characters are tremendous. Me. And on top of all that, it's super, 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 super fun to play. Super fun to play. I've never had a game get its hooks in quite like Hades has. And uh, just the, the compulsion to get in there and try new builds and that feeling like you're always about to get one over on the game by coming up with some combination they didn't think of uh, is, is there in every run. It is super, super fun, super, super satisfying. I haven't seen the end, unfortunately. I haven't put the runs in to, uh, to see the credits, quote unquote. But even when I solved the story, it seems just amazing. And the way they wrap it up in the roguelike mechanic is you kind of got to get in there and experience it for yourself. It was really one of those things that I was very turned off from the outside. And as soon as I got my hands on it, it's uh, truly something special. Congratulations to Hades. Matt Eads' 2020 Game of the Year. That's going to wrap up this very fast, very brief Game of the Year episode. Uh, might have some other some other lists coming from other folks. I'm going to talk to people and see if they want to do a, an ordered top five here while we wait to get back in the studio and argue the real game of the year. Thanks very much for sticking with us, especially to all the patrons. I know this year has been trying for all of us financially, uh, emotionally, physically, all that. So thank you very much to everybody who was able to stick with us on the Patreon, help keep us on the air. We could very much use your support over there if uh, you haven't checked it out already. Have an anime podcast, putting up like three, four, some five episodes a week sometimes, and uh, you know just just pumping out content over there as well, trying to uh, to pay the bills. So go and check it out. Hundreds of hours of content over on the Patreon for you, and it all supports the video game podcast, Rolling Reckless, our D and D podcast, the live streams, all that stuff. So thank you very much. We should be back next week with a regular-ish episode of the podcast. I hope. Thanks for sticking with us. I know it's been a little start and stop here with us all at home. We'll see you next week on the next episode of the Talking Reckless Podcast. See you then.